This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Thursday, May 19th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Another federal investigation of a Tesla crash, what GM learned from the EV1, and wait till you hear the price for VW's electric van. Plus, Nissan's leader for the Americas explains the key to EV customer satisfaction. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. General Motors believes having a full portfolio of electric vehicles on sale at the same time will allow each of them to succeed more than previous singular efforts have. After selling the EV1 by itself in the late 1990s, followed by the Chevrolet Volt plug-in hybrid in 2010 and the Bolt in 2016, GM has learned a lot, company president Mark Royce said Wednesday at the Automotive News Congress in Nashville. In each case, the lack of other electrified offerings made it hard for the automaker to promote that one model at the expense of its profitable gasoline-powered vehicles. Said Royce, it's hard to put one car in market and have anybody get behind it in a sales network. Royce also said GM's Ultium Cells joint venture with LG is still vetting locations for a fourth battery plant. He said a decision will be coming soon. Previously announced sites are Warren, Ohio, Spring Hill, Tennessee, and Lansing, Michigan. I'll have more from the Congress later in the show. Turning to safety, the U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said on Wednesday it has opened a special investigation into a Tesla crash last week that resulted in three deaths. The crash involving a 2022 Tesla Model S is one of more than 30 under investigation by NHTSA involving Tesla vehicles in which advanced driver assistance systems like Autopilot were suspected of being in use. NHTSA did not immediately identify the latest fatal crash, but the Orange County Register reported about a May 12th Tesla Model S crash that killed three occupants and injured three workers when it struck construction equipment along the Pacific Coast Highway in Newport Beach. In product news, there's a lot of buzz in anticipation of VW's ID Buzz, especially among those of us old enough to remember the 20th century microbus. But it isn't going to be the cheap hippie van of yore, at least not until it's been through a few owners. VW announcing that the starting price in Europe will be more than $57,000 for the cargo version and almost $68,000 for the five-seat passenger pro edition. Europeans can begin ordering the electric van on Friday. U.S. deliveries are slated for early 2024. And that's the news you need to know. Coming up... What does it take for a manufacturer to become carbon neutral? We'll get into it after the break. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. 
the time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in, it helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130,000 in service gross. The kiosk and the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Nissan started mass producing EVs in Tennessee in 2013. It's now planning to invest half a billion dollars at its Canton, Mississippi assembly plant in preparation for two next generation EVs in 2025. Jeremy Pappen, who runs Nissan's business in the Americas, said yesterday that the battery supplier for those models will be announced soon, in a few weeks. This came out of a conversation we had at the Automotive News Congress in Nashville, Tennessee. You may remember the old world congresses at the Rensen around the industry days of the Detroit Auto Show. Now we're taking the show on the road. We'll be in Washington June 16th, Detroit September 20th, and out west in November. Our first stop was in Nashville, where we centered the conversations around EVs and manufacturing. Here's an excerpt from my time with Pappen. What has been your approach or your strategy to trying to secure, for now and for longer terms, you know, the, the, the raw materials that you'll need uh, for batteries and for, for EVs, but yeah. especially the battery materials? No, the company is engaged in long-term contracts with uh, mining companies or refiners. Uh, we're also thinking of developments and working hard on developments to have uh, uh, um, no cobalt in our uh, lithium-ion batteries. And then the company has been uh, uh, engaging in this uh, uh, strategic uh, direction of uh, investing and developing an all-solid-state battery, um, which is, you know, a very promising technology. Uh, we will be prototyping it uh, uh, in uh, two years. Um, the benefits of that technology in terms of battery chemistry are obviously more range, more power density, faster charging, uh, all the things you really need uh, to, you know, Make the, make the full shift of the EVs, I would say, in the USA market, for example. And so, and that's why we're so focused on it. So that, that's, that's a technology behind which Nissan's putting its name and, and, uh, and, uh, and know-how um, built on so many years of battery technology in which we were involved uh, several years ago. So that's, that's the future for us is, there's going to, there's a, there's a, uh, the EVs of today, which are completely built around what the customer needs, and then within the limits of, you know, the technology today that is already making significant improvements, and then, and then in every other market in the world, what makes EV become a majority of the TIV is really parity to, from a total cost of ownership, parity with a nice engine, and, um, and that's a very important uh, uh, factor to the development of demand. 
And so, you know, some may happen with uh, consumer incentives and help from the, from the, from the states, but uh, it's also a matter of technology developing technical solutions that make it possible, and that's clearly a before, a, before 2030 solution. Maybe that relates to this next question, but I do want to ask you about, and I'm, I know you probably haven't seen this study, but there was a, a study that came out last night uh, talking about uh, climate goals, uh, climate think tank, particularly calling out uh, Toyota, and, but also the other Japanese automakers as not being, and, and honestly the whole industry. I mean, it basically said everybody but Tesla and Mercedes is not on track to make, have enough products uh, by 29, 2020, 2030 to uh, support the climate goals of the Paris Agreement. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, do you, what do you think about that? Is it, I mean, like, is it a significant shortfall? Does, does the U.S., and the U.S. is probably the main part of the laggard, right? Everyone's offering, planning to offer lots of EVs in Europe and China. Uh, but the U.S. and Japan are less enthusiastic about it um, in, a, in a mass scale. Do we need to change the incentive structure, or is is Paris too ambitious of a target? How do you how do you think through that stuff? Yeah, I, I haven't seen the specific of the study, so I can't speak about the conclusions of the study. I know, as a company, we've got a um, you know carbon neutral goal in 2040, and there's a solid roadmap uh, to get there, both on what we will be selling and when, and then the sh you know fair share of electrified cars or EV. Uh, EV uh, models in the in the in the lineup or for the customer, and then as well, what's very important is how we produce and what we produce, and all the manufacturing and can we get to manufacturing carbon neutrality, which is also a goal on which we're making significant progress uh, when we compare. And so I would say the company is uh, committed to that, has a strong roadmap, and so you know we feel that we've got the plan and the ongoing results that deliver uh, to the to. Uh, to this, uh, to this challenge. But, you know, you're, you're, you're asking about, um, you know, basically how do you further develop or accelerate or secure EV growth in the marketplace? And I think, you know, OEMs and Nissan are committed and are already delivering uh, products that the customers will want and want. Um, and then there's been, you know, more um, investments available for charging networks, uh, the charging network than, any, than ever before. We know Americans uh, charge at home, but there's also a need for those longer drives, those, uh, and, and so the, the charging network infrastructure uh, will be in place. The Nissan dealer body will be, uh, by the end of the year, probably one of the largest, if not the largest, charging network in the, in the, in the USA, because every dealer will have a fast charging, uh, and that's, uh, you know, 1,100 of uh, 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 points. Um, and, and then there is the, 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 consumer, uh, the consumer tax, you know, we, um, we, uh, we will, uh, uh, we've been uh, welcoming it, I would say, and so in every market there's been a, it's, it's this total cost of ownership equation. Um, but, you know, we're very focused on delivering a great car to the customer at a, at a uh, com competitive or affordable price. And so with or without incentives, we're just determined to deliver that. 
Solid State, I'm sure, is going to help you with that uh, price parity equation. I do want to, um, I, I want to stick with the EV questions, and we're getting great questions from the audience. Thank you all so much. But you mentioned the carbon neutrality by 2040, uh, which you know is a, a really big goal. Um, what are some of the things that that happen in like in the factory? Is it in factory construction, factory operations? How do you? achieve something like that. Yeah, it's uh, the power that the factories consume. It's the, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, how, how you deal with waste. It's the energy type that you receive in the factory. Uh, so it's a very holistic view of all the factors that can contribute towards the goal of, 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 reducing, the, of reducing the emissions. Um, We've, when we look at what you know, we've done from a, you know, our, in our plants here in North America from, say, 2005 to where we're at today, we've already managed to reduce those by you know, a good 40%. And, and you know, without hitting the, 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 uh, the, the, the headlines or uh, doing it at a, at a cost for the company that is, uh, that is not right. So I think there's, you know, there's a way of doing good business and uh, you know, there's an additional gain, which is we do good business and we're progressing towards that uh, uh, carbon neutrality objectives. That's how we're approaching it at Nissan. Great. Another question uh, from the audience asking about uh, the, uh, you, you, you talked about the consumer experience as a, such an important priority. What, what are you thinking about when you think about your strategy, Nissan strategy, for effective uh, post-sales consumer experience for the EV buyer? So, you know, what we want is everyone, every day, every time someone's a driver or a passenger in a Nissan and in a Nissan EV is uh, the thrill, the great moment, the, you know, something positive going on. And then the quality, whether it's perceived or the durability, you know, that's, that's an uncompromisable uh, objective that we are, you know, systematically challenging ourselves. There's no complacency on it, and it's, you know, it's a quest that never ends in terms of, uh, and then because of how we changed our go-to-market strategy with our dealer body, uh, there's also a, you know, promise to the value, what is the value of the car at the end of your ownership, be it three years, five years, and so on, that is going to be very solid. And so, the, the whole ex that's the whole experience that I'm talking about. You like the car when you're in it, it's uh, durable and good quality, and then when you decide you want to resell it to buy a new one, there's a lot of value there, and so it's easy for you to be an advocate and a loyalist to Nissan, and that, that's, that's the measurement of success for me. And so I know everything we built is towards that goal, and I'm seeing the feedback, and I see the numbers, and so I know we're, doing, we're going in the right direction fast. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get the latest news on electric vehicles, American manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the Automotive News multimedia team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help. And thanks to you for listening and making the show part of your daily routine. Now, let's all get back to work.